No home runs on this pod. We're working station to station. I am back with my co-host and battery mate, Dustin, as always. Moving on from the World Series, uh, we did uh, have some predictions to start the year. And I think we wanted to touch on them. Dustin, uh, take it away. So I'll try to move through these quick. There's quite a bit. You know, it's not just the predictions, but it's it's also just about the uh, just the players themselves. And, you know, we kind of went through each one and we talked about each one. And I picked out a few here that I thought was, were interesting in terms of what we what we said about them and what ended up happening. Um, and, you know, I wanted to highlight some that we were kind of correct on and some that we weren't. I think one was Dalton Varshall, which we just talked about, so we won't rehash him. Um, another one was Chris Bassett. So obviously Chris Bassett was new to the team this year. Um, you know, he was kind of a replacement for Ross Stripling. Um, you know, we said that, you know, he would kind of be Stripling with a little more consistency in it and, you know, some pedigree. And, you know, that turned about be right. I mean, that's one sort of feather in the cap of Ross Atkins this year is, is there was a lot of people kind of saying, well, Ross Stripling, he was so good. We should re-sign him. And Chris Bassett, you know, blah, blah, blah. Maybe, you know, we're not going to get that. Turns out that Bassett was much better than Stripling this year. You know, he had a sub-3-5 ERA. And, um, you know, so we were kind of correct. I, I'm actually quite pleased about Bassett. And what do you think about him? I had said before the season that he would be a success if he, he appeared in 30 games. He actually appeared in 33. So, yeah. Good from that. And and that kind of ties into consistency, right? And and we definitely saw that throughout the season that, you know, he goes out there every time he gets the the, uh, the ball and most of his starts were quite good performances and, and something that something you could you knew what you're gonna expect from him. Uh, we did say that a sub three point five ERA, you know, would have been a success. Um uh, I three point six. Yeah, three point six was his ERA. So we we were close. Um, but 200 innings, 33 games. I think that's good enough. I think. That, I, think I think yeah. We can call ourselves correct on that one. Yes, I think we can. Let's kind of talk about. Let's say maybe Barrios and Kikuchi together here. So I think we both kind of thought about them being sort of the keys to the rotation, and that you know they both needed sort of comeback years. Uh, for Barrios, we thought that you know if. Uh, he could give us a sub four ERA, um, and you know Kikuchi, if we could, he could get sub five and you know maybe ten wins, that could be good. Um, I think we were kind of correct on both of those, or at least they they exceeded those expectations. What about you? Uh, yeah, we said Kikuchi if four four point two five to a four point five ERA. That would have been a success. His ERA was 3.86. So yeah. I think that was pretty good. Uh, I did mention if Barrios got 15 wins, that would be a success. He was 11 and 12. So you know, maybe a little bit off on that. But it does seem like he was involved in a lot of decisions. Uh, so, you know, flip a few to the other side there and you're pretty close. Uh, Barrios ERA 3.65. We set a sub four. So he was right in there. Uh, I think probably these are two of the pitchers that were a couple of the biggest bright, bright spots and um, were pretty much bang on 
uh, what we thought. Uh, Kikuchi's obviously had a much lower ERA, and he had, uh, you know, a much. I think his, I think his season was probably the biggest surprise uh, amongst anyone in the pitching uh, staff. Yeah, absolutely. But I think you know we were hopeful and uh, we were paid off on that one. Yeah. So let's talk about, uh, we'll lump these two together a little bit here, Kevin Gosman and Alec Manoa. I thought, I think that he, Kevin Gosman would have a better year than Manoa, and he would sniff the Cy Young. Um, I mean, I was right on the, on the Manoa thing. I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen the Cy Young votes. I don't think they've come out yet. I don't think he's going to win this year. There's been you know, a couple other pretty good pitchers um, on the Yankees. But um, you said that a good season for Man- for Gosman would be a sub-3 ERA in 200 innings. Um, I think he ended up, what, with 316 and 185? Yep. So yep. you can say one point for me, <laughs> not a point for you. Um, and then... Alec Manoa, uh, I think that's probably our biggest kind of miss here that, you know, we kind of talked about him being a, a Cy Young candidate and he should continue to take a step forward to improvements. Um, but, you know, we did kind of hedge our bets there a little bit and say there could be a sophomore slump. Um, boy, was there. What do you uh, think about those two? I, I did write down... Uh... You know, a quote: "Gosman will be the better pitcher." So that was that was a quote cool I wrote down from you, and and you were uh, 100% yeah. right on that. Manoa, I actually I have Manoa's name, and I just have next to it "Yikes," because <laughs> you know I I you know it as bad as it was uh, at times, uh, it definitely took a twist at the end of the season. So that weird, you know, Manoa's not reporting the AAA thing, and I don't think we've heard the end of this story. Um, I, you know, saying that I will see when, you know, pitchers and catchers report. We'll see if he's amongst that, but uh, sorry, go ahead. Well, have you seen his Instagram thing that's been circulating? No, I have not. So Alec Minota posted an Instagram story, I guess, um, of him working out in the gym. He looks like he's lost weight. He's, you know, hashtag you know strong or something like that you know like yeah he's he's got that hashtag yeah so he's uh you know hey he's doing what i think a lot of the his naysayers said he should be doing and trying to you know just work work on yourself rather than trying to you know complain about it so we'll see i think he can come back and uh if he comes back strong then you know he can prove all his his haters wrong and you know shove it in their faces let's hope he can do that for for the blue jay's sake anyways well i think you know him coming back pretty much sets the the rotation for next year uh ryu is a free agent and he will not be retained uh so basically manoa i think fills that out and you know if he is maybe a little bit maybe if he's like the even if he is the fifth starter or the third or the fourth starter, you know, maybe that takes a bit of pressure off him. Rob has kind of touched on that before that he thought maybe there was a little too much. And, you know, maybe that, that does uh, stuff to, 
you know, between your ears and we'll see what happens. I, I really don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of at a loss for words of that whole situation. Yeah. Um, I, I, I had said when he originally went down that I didn't think we were going to see him again. And although I was wrong on that, uh, he came up, he came back to basically bridge the rotation uh, to when Ryu was coming back from his injury. But yeah. following that, he, we never saw, you know, once he was, you know, quote unquote sent down, we never saw him again. So uh, we'll see. We'll see about Manoa. Hopefully, uh, hopefully he gets yeah. some form back of what he, uh, what he had in 2022. Well, if he can make the the rotation, that'll be gravy. I'm sure the Jays will still be looking for some starting pitching, um, but we'll touch on that, I guess, in you know some more free agent talks later in the off season. Uh, another thing we talked about was the trade Teoscar Hernandez for Eric Swanson. I think we kind of thought that this would be important for the bullpen and you know improve, but it was a high price to pay. I mean, I think this was kind of mixed. You know, I think. Eric Swanson was pretty good in the bullpen. I think the bullpen on the whole was, you know, a strong point of the Blue Jays. And Teoscar Hernandez, while he did, you know, fairly well this season, was, you know, not necessarily, well, I guess he was missed, you know, on the offensive side of things. But I I wouldn't say this was necessarily a bad move. What do you think? Well, I think this kind of ties in with the theme of a lot of it is, you know, the issue isn't Dalton Varsho or the, you know, the issue wasn't a particular player. It's just the losing Guriel and, you know, T Oscar and replacing them with guys who, you know, were not of the same caliber in terms of their hitting acumen, you know, I, I think was a big hit on um, the Jays. I, I really didn't have a problem with this trade and I, I don't, I don't know, maybe, maybe because I, I don't have the invested, um, maybe with the time and emotional investment into Oscar, I, you know, I thought picking up, uh, you know, a high leverage reliever was, was a good thing. And, and generally I think Eric Swanson was quite good this year. You know, I, I don't really, rem- you know, he, he gives uh, every relief pitcher will give up homers, but I think Eric Swanson was when you put him in the game, you you knew what you were getting from him. You were getting um, a lot of swing and miss, and you were getting outs, and and you were getting out of sticky si- situations. Uh, you know, is would I do this deal again? Like I don't know. I I, I think you know you kind of have to look. It, these these are puzzle pieces, right? And you know, if you don't move to Oscar, that doesn't open up a spot for Springer to move to right and right. Um, you know, how does that play? Uh, you know, I don't know. Exactly. I'm, right. No, it, and and, it, and it's, Oscar it's, had a 2.7 war. Okay. 3.0, yeah, 3.0 was offensively. So he was like, right, defensively, exactly. he was, he's not good. Right. He's That's not a surprise to anyone. War. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and yeah. So, you know, I think, I think it speaks to a lot of what these moves were about this last off season was they were trying to kind of, Trade a little bit of offense for some run prevention, some defense, some on the base paths intelligence, and you know maybe they, they they swung that pendulum a little too hard in that direction, and we'll have to bring it back this year, hopefully. 
You know, yeah, we, I think they overplayed their hand a bit, to be honest on that. Yeah. Like they, they just went, they're like, well, you know, we got all these other guys that could do stuff. And they kind of well, yeah, carved relied out on the bottom half guys, of that lineup. Uh, yeah, they relied yeah. on those four guys that I mentioned earlier, and, and they, they kind of fell through. Um, briefly, we talked about Nate Pearson. We said he would be a big part of the team. We were probably wrong about that. We discussed Brendan Belt, you know, being you know, a pretty good flyer that, you know, maybe you would help replace Tay Oscar. Um, you know, I think that was a pretty successful sign. Um, it's too bad that he, we can't have him again. But, um, yeah, I think we were kind of happy about that trade, and I think that worked out for us. Um, Boba Shett is an interesting one. I mean, we, we talked about, you know, his arbitration contract, and we thought it might help him have a good year. I don't think he had necessarily a better year than any before. I mean, he was who he was. But one thing that we did talk about was how his defense was an issue and, you know, that he'd probably never be a good gold glove player. But, you know, we know he's got a good work ethic and he'll work to improvement. I think we were kind of correct on that. I think if you look at, you know, his outs above average um, this year, I think he improved. Um, but you know, yeah, he's not a gold glove shortstop, but uh, we don't need him to be that. We need, just need him to be, you know, um, league average. Well, I definitely picked up that from our, uh, earlier episodes, uh, better defensively was something that we mentioned for Bo. And yeah. that was essentially, you know, with all the other players around him playing better defense, is there kind of some internal, you know, competition and pressure that brings his level of play up. Uh, Bo, my understanding is Bo Bichette spends his off-season off seasons training with Tulo. And uh, Troy Tulowitzki was... Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he, you know, Tulowitzki's obviously retired now, but Troy yeah, Tulowitzki, yeah. you know, although he had some injury issues um, in his career... He was quite a good shortstop. So, um, he was quite a good shortstop. And, you know, maybe we were seeing some of the results of that offseason, um, you know, that, that training and work that he put in. Because I thought, you know, Bobasha had a, you know, he had a bunch of errors, right? But I thought he was quite good. And even, even when you saw, like, you'd see this play where he, you know, he, he'd get this throw off and it maybe wasn't the greatest throw still online, still, still get the out. And, and he seemed to make significant strides and, you know, we're, you know, we're not getting ahead of ourselves or anything, but like, you know, he's, this is, this is a player that's going to get a massive contract in Mm -hmm. three years or two years now, I guess. But Mm -hmm. um, he's going to get a massive contract, whether it's from the Jays or someone else. He's he's gonna get a massive contract one way or another because he can really do do everything. I think uh, I was looking. I, I remember some stat basically like offensively, the only player uh, in the majors or at least in maybe the AL that was better than him uh, the last couple of seasons has been Corey Seager, right? So if like if that's the standard you're holding yourself to, yeah, like, seriously, oh, oh man, right? Uh, like sign him up now, please. Yeah, I mean, if there's if if you you know told me you could have one of Bo or Vladdy, I'd pick Bo, and I think I said that at the beginning of the year as well. You did, you know. So uh, I mean, I stand by that, and I I think that um, 
he's the guy that should be your franchise player. Um, and, you know, yeah, hey, Troy Tudelowski's no, uh, no slouch when it comes to the defense. And if, uh, like I said, you know, he can play uh, or he can, he's got a hard work ethic, Bo does. And so, you know, if anyone on this team can improve himself on the defensive side of the ball, he can. And he's showing that he, he has been able to. Um, some uh, one other player that we we kind of talked about as well was George Springer. I mean, we kind of said that you know he would be lucky if uh, he could be healthy. You know, he's kind of the quintessential leadoff guy, and and maybe the move to right field would help keep him healthy and give him more at bats. I believe you know that probably turned out true. Um, I didn't look exactly at. Um, his games played this year. I I have that number. Speak. But, so uh, he played 150. Yeah, 154. Yeah. So yeah, that is good. the most games he's played since 2016. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, exactly. So point for us on that one there, and uh, hopefully that can. Uh, hopefully he can improve his hitting a little bit. I think you know he moved out of that leadoff spot for a little bit this year. Um, so there's a little bit of, of questionable there, you know, sort of future there. He's he's not getting any younger. But, you know, um, I'm happy to have him. He's a good sort of clubhouse guy, it seems. And, and um, you know, we'll, we'll be happy to see him next year. Um, I think, you know, we also, I guess, had some predictions sort of a little more generally. Um, you know, we thought that um, the bullpen would be kind of lights out, but, you know, the only flaw might be the lack of a lefty arm in there. Um, and I think that, you know, that was kind of correct, that the depth of the bullpen was a strength for us and that, um, you know, it was probably a pretty good um, bullpen. And they were able to, you know, as... It seems like Ross Atkins' sort of philosophy on the bullpen has been, you know, let's go in with what we can at the start of the year and, you know, we'll solve any issues at the trade deadline. And it seems like, you know, they tried to solve some of those um, lefty issues with, um, you know, Hans Cabrera and Jordan Hicks and some others um, over the course of the season. So I think, you know, that was pretty good. Um when it comes to other predictions, we talked about uh, the balanced schedule a little bit. <laughs> and I think one of our sort of more prescient points there was that it's probably going to help the AL East teams. I don't think you need a genius to have predicted that, but, you know, we were correct. I mean, looking at the AL East, it was, uh, you know, an absolute, you know, dog walking they, they gave to the rest of the league. And, um, I wonder, you know, if they're going to try and change that, correct that in some way. Maybe we'll see. They'll give it a couple of years, but um, that'll be an interesting kind of situation um, for, for us as being, you know, one of the teams, you know, in that league that has to kind of fight for, you know, the prospect of winning the division means like you almost have to win a hundred games. That's kind of crazy to think about. Um, 
I don't know what you think about that. Well, I think the uh, the AL East uh, at one point the AL East every single AL East team was better than every single AL Central team. And you know, I remember you pointing out that it would look like you know the way they set up the standings, it almost looked like it was one division, and it didn't yeah. it didn't end up it didn't end up in that way. But you know, the Yankees Red Sox had an off year, and what you have the the Orioles winning a hundred games, Tampa coming out to T- Tampa coming out to the year, and what they won like fourteen straight games or something like that. Uh, it was right. um, it was a bit of a crazy year, and. We'll see. I think we're going to have to see what happens in the offseason in terms of how uh, both Boston and New York remake their teams because they could be right back up there and we could be, you know, we'll probably be scrapping it out for a wild card again. But um, the AL East is, uh, you know, it's the beast of the East, right? So, yeah. I mean, you know, we said the Red Sox would be dog shit and they, they were. Uh, we said the, the Yankees would be good, and we were wrong about that. Um, but you know, that's not going to be um, that's not going to be the case. You know, uh, the next few years, those teams are going to be trying to put together um, good teams every year, and uh, we're going to have to keep up with them. So let's talk about the season predictions. Oh boy! Have. Oh boy! So, <laughs> I took this one on the chin. You did. So I said that the James would, I thought, a fairly optimistic 95 wins and win the division. You said they would win 100 wins and win the <laughs> yeah, division. 100 games. How, oh how crazy is that? I would, now saying that, if, if you go back and listen to that episode, and I encourage all our listeners to do that, even even though there's not really much value in it. Uh, I was pretty excited. So that, that I, w- I was shooting from the hip uh, yeah. with my 100 wins. And you know what? Uh, the April that they had, not to say that that would have led to 100 wins, the April that they had, I I think, I think it was, it was quite good. And yeah. I think, you know, they the issues that they had, you know, popped up obviously in May and later in the season. But, uh, yeah, my uh, prediction of 100 wins was quite wrong. Yeah, you were also wrong. (laughs) You said that uh, they would go to the ALCS and lose to the Astros. Um, And then the Astros would get eliminated and the Jays would go to the World Series. Yeah, that was the if, if, yeah, yeah. 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 So what I said was that um, it would be a tight, exciting final two weeks which i think it it kind of was i mean maybe not exciting but it was definitely tight <laughs> and um i thought that they would win at least one series and get to the lcs because i thought well i thought we would win the division and then get to the lcs um and then probably get to the world series so we were kind of wrong there but you know hopeful optimism you know stars in our eyes blue jays fans as i'm sure we'll have again this year any other predictions that you kind of caught out there that i missed Um, well i think we both agreed on one particular prediction and it was what would be a successful season and we both agreed that a successful season would be to win a series 
And that did not happen. And right. so, you know, by many metrics, this season was a failure, despite what, you know, Ross Atkins or Mark Shapiro would try to tell you, whatever smoke they're blowing up your ass. Uh, they are wrong. Uh, this season was a failure. And they have a lot of work to do this offseason. And uh, it's... I, I have some real worries about this upcoming season because if it, if it goes tits up uh, real early, oh boy, it's going to be bad. And, you know, Mark Shapiro, was, if it goes bad early, Mark Shapiro is going to wish he fired Ross Atkins this offseason because the, uh, the, that sky, the sky dome is going to be a, it's going to be a snake pit, right? And yeah. people are, if it, if it starts going bad, and remember, they've ju- they've been juicing the tickets too, right? So they've yep. been increasing the tickets, uh, and you know if if the play on the field does not match and does not you know does not meet meet that, uh, people are not going to be happy. Absolutely, and you know not to mention they're not buying themselves any goodwill with some of the decisions that we're making. You know, even the little things like I think uh, a lot of. Blue Jays Twitter was kind of up in arms about the the seats that they were pulling out of the the Rogers Center there and then dumped them all into a big pile of uh you know garbage in a landfill um instead of you know selling them off or, or you know auctioning them for Jays care or doing something like that I mean I would absolutely have loved an opportunity to get have a you know a 100 level seat you know um you know, in my house, my, my boss at work, he's got a seat from the Maple Leaf Gardens in his office. It's like the coolest thing ever. It's got a little plaque on it and stuff. Like, how, how can you not do something like that? How, like, well, just... it's, this is, this is detailed stuff, right? And, you know, people, good organizations get the details right. And, you know, I, I, to be honest, like I, I while I'm, back on Twitter, Dustin, I'm not very active, so I did not see that. Um, you know, th- that's that's obviously just a construction company doing whatever job they need to do. And I'm sure if you were friends with somebody at their construction company, they probably do have seats. And, you know, certain people do have seats in, in their houses because they're just going to the garbage anyway. But I oh, think, man. you know, I think there could have been something done. Like, even, even if you, you know, sold them off at, like, a modest cost, right? Like, it's yeah i i didn't see that but i i don't that doesn't you know that does that does just doesn't win people over right yeah exactly never mind ross atkins like that whole ross atkins you know we talked about it that press conference was you know diabolical (laughs) all right well why don't we talk about uh just the kind of off season a little bit how it's going to go uh, in terms of, I guess, how Major League Baseball has set it up. Basically, players become a free agent the day after the World Series. So that's kind of a timing for a lot of things. But the, the other component of that is that a player cannot sign with a new team. Uh, although he already is a free agent the day after the World Series, he can't sign with a team until five days after the conclusion of the World Series. So... You have about a week where basically, you know, it's essentially, I think the idea is to give teams, you know, the opportunity to try to, you know, keep the players that they, uh, that are pre-agents. I don't think 
anything really happens that week because most of the players that are going to free agency are, uh, you know, they're, they're seeking out big deals. Uh, but uh, basically, trades are open at one day following the World Series. All right. So uh, we can trade Dalton Barsho the day after the World Series, mm-hmm. Dustin. <laughs> Not that I'm suggesting that, but I'm, I'm, I'm tongue in cheek. Um, and again, five days after the World Series, uh, qualifying offers uh, for free agents are due, as well as contractual ob- obligations and o- contractual options need to be exercised within that five days as well. So Whit Merrifield uh, is has five days before he finds out he's not being re-signed yeah, or at least not. his options. To, he's not $18 million to bring Whit Merrifield back is not happening. And, uh, but that's, that's a particular, I guess, example of that. Uh, we have uh, the Jays have a bunch of gold glove nominees and the gold glove awards are, will be announced on Sunday, November 5th on ESPN of course, the Jays eligible are Kiermaier, Varsho, Chapman, Kirk, and Berrios. Dustin, do you think any Jays will be winning gold gloves this year? Um, hmm. I mean, I could see Kiermaier, obviously. I, it's hard It's hard because I don't, you know, know the defensive, you know, um, uh, prowess of all the, you know, all the players that they're up against. I mean, I've, I could see um, Varsho, or not Varsho. Well, I could see Varsho, and I could see, you know, Kirk um, as well. I think he has a pretty good sort of defensive um, acumen there. So, I mean, they're all, you know, on those lists for a reason. And, you know, if any of those, uh, I would say Kirk, if I had to put my money down. Or, or not Kirk, sorry, uh, Kiermaier. So I am going to, in this, I'm going to take Varsho uh, because Dalton Varsho, 29 defensive runs saved. That led the majors, not in outfielders, but of any player, any uh, any position player, uh, he led that. So I'm going to say Dalton Varsho is going to pick up a gold glove this year. <laughs> I'd like to see Kirk win one. Yeah. And not not because not because I want Rob to, you know, you know, not because I want <laughs> Rob's blood to boil, because he Rob Rob just flips it and says, "Well, you know, maybe he maybe he's you know maybe that ups his trade value, right?" That Rob's very he's a smooth operator, that Rob. Sure, but sure. um, Chicksy. I I I'd like to see Kirk win a Gold Glove because, like, the, you know, you're a kid from Mexico, you're not drafted or really, you know, he's, he's just an international free agent, and. You know, whatever. However, his major league career ends up, whether he, you know he gets it back on uh, offensively, back, you know, everything back in order. But like, maybe he doesn't. Let's say, right? Let's let's say he's just a below average offensive catcher. But at the end of the day, you want a silver slugger award and you want a gold glove award. Like, yeah. how cool? How cool is that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. No, I I I cheer for Kirk. I. I... I like him. I think he's got um he's the kind of cheerable player out there, but you know, there is some flaws there that are easy to to pick on and uh, you know when when things happen like uh, the the Marino stuff, uh it it makes it worse. Well, yeah, the flip side of it is 
you know, I guess again, we're 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 talking about this retrospectively. So Kirk yeah. was coming off an All Star Silver Slugger season. So absolutely. Now the baseball winter meetings uh, are December fourth to seventh in Nashville, and uh, you know, I'm sure the general managers will talk about about uh, some stuff there. And I guess the last thing I want to touch on: any players eligible for um, arbitration. The hearings are held at the end of January, uh, from January 29th to February 16th. Um, so, basically, I, I think Vladdy might be up for arbitration this year um, again. But, uh, yeah, so, and then pitchers and catchers will report anywhere from February 13th to 15th. Okay, well, a lot to look forward to. Well, Dustin, I think that's all the time we have. Thank you very much for joining me. Mm-hmm.